Hello, and welcome to the Wonderland Exhibition Podcast with me, your host, Doug Burton. I'm an artist and educator in the creative arts. Each episode will be a short conversation with a participating artist considering their work, intentions for the show, and anything that emerges in between. The Wonderland Exhibition will take place from the 1st of July to the 5th of August 2023 at the Tremonier Sculpture Gardens in Cornwall. The exhibition shows new sculptures from the Southwest about landscape and walking from members of the Royal Society of Sculptors, with assistance from Penzance-based writer Martin Holman. Hi, Michael Bloat. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, thanks, Doug. It's great to be here. Thanks, uh, thanks for having a chat. I um, would like to start off by asking you about your initial thoughts around Tremonier and the sort of feelings or creative impulses you had in relation to Tremonier and the surrounding area, if there was anything that resonated with you. And obviously your sculpture is installed, the show is on. So maybe even sort of thinking about that now in, in relation to your sculpture and the site, is there is there any initial thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? I mean, I guess my first thought when when we when we first went there, and indeed when I went back, it's just the vibrancy of Tremonier. You know, both the depth of the gardens and woodlands there, it's just so, you know, sort of alive. And the sense of connection with nature that you have there is, is wonderful. And then with the art, you know, that you're surrounded by and you discover as you walk through the gardens, it's just, uh, it's a it's a really you know, wonderful and thought-provoking place. With regards to having my piece there, it's just great. I mean, I came back from the installation weekend, you know, just feeling so alive, you know, really refreshed. With the sculpture, could you sort of give us some entry into it in terms of, first of all, the material and how you approached even that process of making, you know, to get to this this form and and the release in it. Could you unpack that a bit for us? Yeah. So uh, the material is uh, granite. It's Cornish granite from the very top of Bodmin. Um, it's from the Carradine Quarry. Ah, so the process really, I mean, I had two or three, well, I had about sort of four or five drawings of, of different shapes because until I went to the quarry, I didn't know which stone was going to be most appropriate for the sculpture. The form was sort of quite open until I went to the quarry and I sort of, you know, sort of rambling around these sort of huge piles of, uh, of stone with the quarry owner. And then I sort of I found the one that, that we both thought fitted in, you know, well with the, uh, with what it is I was trying to, I was trying to do. I mean, the overall form itself was inspired by the mycelium hyphen, which is, you know, just the most incredible piece of bioengineering and, and specifically the spits and corpus. Uh, which is the organelle that exists at the tip of the hyphae and, and sort of guides it. And then within that, I just, I'd, I'd, I'd done a whole load of research. Um, and when the opportunity came to make this piece, it kind of, it all sort of, sort of poured out of me into it. You know, I started to think about all the connections and, you know, the journey that I'd been on up to this point, you know, my pilgrimage, my, my wanderings you know, both physical and, and you know, uh, sort of internally. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it, it starts off with the mycelium sort of working its way up. It goes then into the sort of microbes and the gut biome and the amazing, the uh, the intrigue that is our gut biome and the effect that it has on us. And then through that up to the vagus nerve and into the brain 
and then out through the brain, through speech and thought, the sort of the tussle that the tussle and cooperation that exists within us at all points, not only between the left and the right lobes of our brain, but also our gut biome, how that interacts with the brain, how that controls certain moods and feelings and ultimately aspects of our social structure. So it, the initial form was very much about movement, you know, so that dynamic form, which I tried to get with a sweeping movement of the piece. And then, yeah, this sort of story of connections and internet interconnectivity that, that, that goes on all around us that a lot of the time we're quite unaware of. And until you start on a journey of, you know, I mean, for me, it was about meditation and mental health and, uh, sort of obsessive compulsive behavior. I was like, why am I doing these things? And when you start to understand that there are all these different systems, sort of symbiotic, you know, but also beyond our, you know, sort of outside of our direct control, you know, uh, it, it becomes this fascinating, you know, sort of labyrinth really of, of, you know, of discovery. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, and just to um, clarify my understanding of mycelium um, that you mentioned there, that this is the, uh, web of organisms that um, they connect the sort of the roots of the trees to fungus in the forest. Is that right? Am I understanding yeah. that? Yeah. So the, the the mycelium network, arguably the mushroom is the right, the, the, the the mushroom uh, mushroom is the fruiting body of the mycelium. And uh, this is crazy, but in each teaspoon of soil, there can be up to eighteen miles of mycelium. Okay, which is just sort of and yeah, this stretches out as a web. It sort of interconnects plants it, it has a it has a relationship with uh with trees and plants so it can and it can connect different trees and it can shuffle and sort of pass nutrients and you know sugars and things from tree to tree and it can actually have quite a, an extensive control on a woodland as it can actually starve it can starve a tree of certain things or it can connect it depending on what its own requirements are so yeah but that's this is the web that exists underneath within the soil and it, it makes me wonder what what kind of web is going on in the tremonia sculpture gardens and their amazing oh, <laughs> diversity oh, up there it must be incredible that is something that i yes i was when i installed the piece and i was looking around and wandering around that thought came to my mind it was like wow as you said not only is it an ancient woodland you know that i think when neil uh, the owner of tremonier was was taking us on our first walk around he said i think there's a recorded continual ownership of that site for, or use of that site for like a thousand years or something so it's got an ancient woodland and then into that you've got all these you know subtropical plants and you know sort of different areas that are, you know oh it must be you know fascinating i think it'd be one to want to visit once we yeah 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 it's crazy so vibrant it's good to actually bring that around because it makes me think about your sculpture and what we've just been or what you've been talking about in terms of mycelium. But then there's it feels to me that you're describing something that connects us as as human animals to the ground. So and is there that kind of sense in your work that the yes, there's that underground level that's a connection is coming through us and then you've spoken a bit about um health gut mental health is are these things that, that sort of manifesting itself within your ideas and the work oh absolutely i mean the full cycle of this piece is my in connections please take off your shoes my wish for this piece uh and what i've discovered on sort of you know, profound you know sort of discovered on a, on a on a more profound level is that we are a part of nature you know not separate from it uh, our connection is to the ground, to the soil, 
you know, many of the microbes that live in the soil, live in our gut. And we, you know, so our connection to it, is we are in, indivisible from it. Our own health, you know, is directly connected to the health of the planet um, and the soil that surrounds us um, and the trees and the plants and everything. And I don't think we've lost that connection. I think, you know, but I think we've lost the sense and our understanding of that connection. And I think if we could focus on that, um, and, if, you know, I hope my piece would inspire people to focus on that, you know, take your shoes off, get you know, let your let your feet touch the soil because we are incredibly sensitive to electrical impulses. Our entire body, all our muscles, our brain works on tiny electrical impulses. And throughout the soil, the mycelium carry these tiny electrical impulses. And, you know, the, 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 it's alive with, with this. And that's what we need to connect to, to, to deepen our sense of, of connection. And there's something that's, while you're talking there, that's reminding me of a kind of um, primordial connection. And thinking about your sculpture now and how it sits in the landscape there, is that sort of um, almost the pagan with the way that it's sculpted? Is, is that fair for me to sort of oh, feel like there's that relationship? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it is. I realised when I carved it that I, I sort of, it's a carving that tells a story. And, you know, it is, it is you know, 1.9 metres tall. It is a standing stone, you know, and I have, and I, I so, and apparently <laughs> Trevenir means land of the standing stones, believe it or not. He'll <laughs> tell me when I was there last time. So yeah, I mean, it is. It is does have that primordial sort of sense of that carving. The 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 sort of yeah, you want to you want to touch it, and uh, yeah, it is a it's about a, that sort of timeless connection to to the landscape and the way that we have intervened in the landscape. Ancient carvings on stones marking the way or marking the sacred spot or something. I'd love for that. And now I have carved it in granite. It will stay like that for, for quite some time. <laughs> and I'm really pleased that you brought us on to the carvings because that was going to be the next thing I was going to ask was about, could you say something about them? There's a variety of different marks and there's almost things that look like sort of arrows. And uh, I think there's a sort of a brain in there as well. And yeah. so the, the sort of the, the, sh the shallow relief carvings that are going on there could you, you say something about that mark making process i use just about every type of, of mark making technique you said so there's a lot of different mark making techniques in that so there's the angle grinder i used um initially to work it i used a large angle grinder and a big hammer and punch and then so like the mycelium i used the small angle grinder to sort of carve that out and then over the top of that in that lower section i i polished the top of that surface up so that you had a real contrast between you know the polished face and the polished you know aspect of the stone and then work with the grinder and then and the rest of it i used you know sort of a punch and a chisel i know you lose different types of marks and then on one of the main surfaces i used like what's called a bouchard hammer which is a if you like, imagine like a wooden meat tenderizer. It's like one of those, but with tungsten teeth on it, and you use it to sort of break the surface of the stone, but in quite an even way. So you get this lovely, beautiful sort of very textured, but naturally textured sort of surface. So, yeah, there was sort of... And then I'd, I'd go back over that with, with the chisel, so you get different marks on there. And that, each of that is used to try to get the, the sense of movement and, and delineate the different areas and sort of what's what's you know what's happening there. And just going on one step from that, in terms of perhaps some of the references and meaning within those symbols that are appearing, I've I've read that you feel that there's this sense of the portmanteau, this sort of it's like a, a collage of different elements. Is is that something you could unpack for us? Yeah. So. And as I said earlier, initially, uh, 
I, I carved it in the shape of the mycelium, and it was about the spitzen corpus, which is the organelle at the tip of the mycelium hyphae. But once I started getting into this piece, and I started to think about the connections between different things, I sort of all this information I had in my head sort of poured out into it, and I kind of squeezed it together onto this two meter tall column of stone. So it's kind of there was a bit of a sort of a an urgency. Uh, about getting all this sort of information out and onto it. And, and also, it was about me understanding how these things connected together, how, how we fit into it all, you know, and, and what, what influence each of those different sections have on, on my own life and, you know, our and nature sort of in our space within nature. So is it almost like what you're describing through that creative process with, with the mark making? Well, actually, right from the point of choosing the stone in the quarry, actually, to the point that it's installed. Is it sort of a sense that your creative process is like a story? Is like a, a, you're, 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 you're telling that story through moving, and hence you get this portmanteau effect, this assemblage of parts, if you like. Is, is that fair? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, definitely with this piece. You know, it's a sort of each part was revealed at, at each different stage. So, you know, visiting the site initially, visiting the quarry, finding the stone, each part of that. So each time I found something that then unlocked my understanding and, and how the next part fitted into it. And then when I had the, I had my initial sketches and then I was in my workshop and I had the stone here and I had the drawing and I'm, I'm looking at it now on the wall of my studio and I sort of drew it out full size and I just, you know, really allowed the, the stone to inform the design, you know, and how that all fitted together. And then that, that helped me understand, you know, so yeah, the, 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 the connections in between it all. Yeah, I, th- I think it's great to get that sense of creativity being an exploration and allowing that to sort of happen. And and that's how I kind of feel where we've got to with, with our conversation today about, yeah. about your work. Thank you so much for meeting with me, Michael, and going through all of oh. that. I, I hope it's been good for you. Oh, it's fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for doing this. It's great. And what a wonderful show we've, we've put together. It's great. Thank it has you. been brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wonderland Exhibition Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please click subscribe. You can learn more about the artists in this exhibition through social media, their websites, and online at the Royal Society of Sculptors.